Hello, what have we here? Welcome to another episode of Lando's Lounge. This might be a bit of a quieter episode, because it's 10.43, Saturday, before the day before this episode drops. <laughs> we, we, we put it off probably longer than we should have, just because of our schedules. schedules and. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's yep. all behind us now. Uh-huh, so... We might make this one fast. Um, we're doing the Star Wars rewatch of Solo, which we talked about a little bit on Thursday's episode. So we're going to say talk about things that we haven't talked about uh, about that movie before. Um, and like I said, we're probably it'll, it might end up being shorter than normal, but we might end up going longer than we were expecting, so... <laughs> Just bear with us, I guess. Um, do you want to start? What was your like biggest reaction this time watching Solo? Well, or what was your first time watching Solo like? My first time watching Solo, I I saw it in theaters, and I remember thinking it was better than I had expected because I kind of expected it to be completely garbage, <laughs> just from. Um, just from how it was marketed and I didn't, I wasn't really in love with the idea of like a, so a Han Solo origin story type thing. So, um, but it definitely wasn't what I expected, but I think it was, uh, overall it wasn't as bad as I thought it'd be. It was, it was pretty good. It's pretty decent. It's uh, definitely not the best, but it's yeah, my first time seeing it was opening night, and I went and saw it, and it was just kind of, it was weird to watch, because it was like a Star Wars movie, but I wasn't, like, excited the whole way through. <laughs> like, I was super excited all the way through um, The Force Awakens, and then most of Rogue One, but I thought... I mean, we'll talk about mm-hmm. this next time, but my first watch of Rogue One was still excited, but less so than The Force Awakens. And then The Last Jedi, I don't really remember. I think I saw The Last Jedi like two or three times, so I don't remember what my exact reaction was like the first time I saw it. I only saw Solo in theaters once, and it was yes. just kind of, I was like, it wasn't terrible, it wasn't like it definitely wasn't it's the force awakens or yeah. the last jedi which i thought were really good um and rogue one i thought was good also but um it was just i don't know it was like this weird yeah. middle ground here's the thing about i feel like um the whole thing about solo is in a saga of like really good movies this is just, like, an all-right movie. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you consider, like, as far as blockbuster dime-a-dozen movies go, you know, um, which this definitely kind of... This feels like that a lot. Mm-hmm. It just feels like one of those summer blockbuster movies. I think this came out in May or something, so right. Yeah, it was supposed to come right out in, in December, y- but... Yeah, right in that time. Um, it's certainly better than the average one. Like, you think about, like all these Fast and Furious movies coming out or whatever, and Mm -hmm. they're just kind of hot garbage at this point, but they're still fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, This is, like, a good movie, 
but it's like it's just it's not the most exciting watch i don't know what it is about it yeah um that's something like i've tried to rewatch solo a few times and we watched it all the way through today actually and like i really wanted to like be super excited and pumped watching it and there are definitely moments like that and there are moments that i genuinely mm-hmm. love and characters that i genuinely love but like I can't put my thumb on what it is that makes it so difficult to sit through. It <laughs> might be, like, it might be, like, 15 minutes too long, because it's, like, two hours, 15 minutes. And it it, it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it's, like, it's definitely a smaller story, but I feel like they're trying to tell a smaller story on, like, as big a scale as Rogue One. Yeah. And Rogue One is... A bigger story than Solo is. So I feel like the Solo movie almost was too small for a movie. Like, we talked about Solo 2 should be a Disney Plus show, and I think Solo 1 would have been better (laughs) as... Would have been better as, like, a cheaper, um, long format, but, like, divided into small segment show. Mm-hmm. rather than, like, a blockbuster movie. Because, like, we're going to compare it to mm-hmm. other Star Wars movies, which are on huge scale, and this just felt... I don't know. Like, the action yeah. was there, and the humor was there, but it there was just... I don't know. Something about it was, like, not super fun always. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of scale, I feel like the one thing... Is, like, when you compare it to Rogue One, like, Rogue One, uh, firstly, it introduces characters we we don't know. So, just the, the essence of a prequel um, kind of movie, like, with Solo, we know, oh, nothing's gonna happen to Han, nothing's gonna mm-hmm. happen to Chewie. And they make it seem like they're gonna die, like, a couple times throughout the movie, <laughs> and we're like... Like, could you stop trying that? We, like, we obviously know they're not just yeah. gonna die. It was, like, in the trailer, but, there was this like, clip of Chewie like, hanging out of the train, and <laughs> someone... Yeah, everyone the, was, the like... people were, like, I wonder if Chewie makes it. Yeah, but, like, in something like Rogue One, like, it's almost an... Enti- like, all of the main characters, just an entirely new cast of characters, and, like, it's not something, like, until the end of the movie, we don't really know what happens, so it, there's, like, a sense of stakes. It, like, it seems like mm-hmm. such a high-stake thing, and it's, like, such a grand story. Mm-hmm. Like, just of, like, epic proportions. And then Solo is just really... It doesn't seem that important at uh, yeah. all. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point of why it might not be as engaging, because we already know things about the characters that kind of make these events not like this movie is showing us like oh well you know that he got the falcon from lando so let's watch it and then you're like well i i know that he's (laughs) gonna get the falcon from lando so like that that's a fun scene to watch but it's like i think that's not i think the two sabacc scenes are actually my favorite parts of the movie they are good yeah and i think it's because they focus on like Lando and Han just mm-hmm. like giving I love Lando. just giving them <laughs> Alright, so today I bought two Lando Calrissian Funko Pops. I bought the Lando from Han from the solo movie and I bought the Lando from the Rise of Skywalker movie. 
Just want to throw that out there. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like my fa- my two favorite scenes in the movie is the Sabak scenes, just because, like, Han is just so likable. And mm-hmm. just, like... Um, and I feel like, honestly, that... I feel, it's really... Oh, it's like really twisted around but I feel like I get the highest sense of stakes in that in the Sabat mm-hmm. games because you're like oh shoot he's he's playing he's winning shoot mm-hmm. he's a high roller he's about to get the falcon because the first time you watch it you don't know that mm-hmm. like you know he gets it from Lando you don't know if it'll be this scene and then he loses right at the end you're like oh mm-hmm. and then that and then later and then scene. at the like the final scene of mm-hmm. the movie it happens Which, again it's just a, outfit, it's just a cool moment we need to start <laughs> i think we're gonna do another segment sometime <laughs> and yeah. we'll get to lando's outfits in that but <laughs> yeah um, we actually not ideas for that but um but yeah like this movie seems like it's spending so much time making us get to know han solo when we already do mm-hmm. Like, we don't know this version of Han Solo, who seems a lot more, like, happy-go-lucky, kind of, like, more positive and less jaded. But, like, this movie, like, it tells us how he got the Falcon, how he met Chewie, how he got his blaster. Yeah. He tells us about his, like, dice that hang that are, um, come back in the sequel trilogy, um... You know, in Last Jedi, like, mm-hmm. Kylo holds a hologram yeah. version of them. And then Rey has the real ones in the Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's, like, there's so much in this movie that, like, it's trying to... Like, everything that we know about Han Solo in the original trilogy happens within the course of this one movie. Yeah, like, so it makes it really weird timeline-wise. <laughs> because, like... Everything we know about him all happened all on yeah. one adventure. <laughs> all on, that that has always and been, it was his first adventure too. Yeah, like the first thing, everything significant about the character, everything that sets him apart from the other characters in the original trailer. Oh, and the Kessel Run happens in this movie yeah. too, which, I mean, I feel like they only included that scene just because of how many people were like parsecs isn't a yeah a measure of time; it's a measure of distance. Exactly. So then they're like, well, now we gotta. We have to explain. Now we have to explain this, but I feel like the thing that a lot of prequels get caught up on is it's like, um, like movies suffer from over exposition. Mm -hmm. Like they just expose and expose and set up and set up to where it feels really forced. Now, the thing about the prequel trilogy, and I recognize that that the prequel trilogy had three movies to do this. Yeah. But I feel like um the moments that when you watch and you're like shoot that leads to this in the original trilogy mm-hmm. they're like they happen like subtly and and they're like kind of incorporated like the like just for example like the change in the clone armor from mm-hmm. episode 2 to episode 3 like that's just like a small little detail but you're like shoot they like they, they look, look like, like stormtroopers storm now yeah so i wish like they had been more subtle about Yeah, that. I wish Solo wouldn't have been so on the nose. And then there's the obvious thing. The, probably the his biggest name. complaint was how he got uh, his name. Yeah. How foolish of us to assume that it was just his name. Mm-hmm. But, so, I mean, if you don't know what we're talking about, towards the beginning of the movie, he's trying to escape some people, and the only way out is to enlist, enlist the in the Imperial Army. So he's like, what's your name? And he's like, oh, I'm Han. 
And then he was like, Han, what? Like, who are your people? And then he's like, I don't have any people. I'm alone. So then the officer guy's like, hmm, Han Solo. <laughs> and I was like, don't people mm. have last names? Yeah. Like, what? what? Well, <laughs> there's like, there's a prequel book to this movie that I read, and it's actually pretty good, but like, they just. Like, him and Kira just grow up on the streets of Corellia, mm-hmm. like, without family, and they just, like, work for these worm people. And like, so, like, they don't really have a last name, yeah. but, like, I don't... Like, he could have just made up Solo. Like, why did it have to be that explanation? Or, like, why can't they just have... Why can't people just have last name? Like, I don't know. Or, like, if he was a... If he... Like, if there was a running thing where he was, like... No, I yeah. go alone, or like I go solo. Yeah, and then he's like, like Han Solo. Like, it's ju- it just like, seems it, corny that if like an Imperial officer is like, oh, you're alone. Yeah. How about Han Solo? Yeah, I don't feel like it doesn't. I seem, didn't like it. Kind of makes it yeah, lame. The, the thing I wanted to know from this movie was not how Han got his last name. Yeah, I just like we didn't need an explanation for that even if even mm-hmm. if it wasn't like his given last name like we're not interested in that really mm-hmm. so it just seemed like duh <laughs> yeah like it's, it's just... just like a weird thing it's like was that necessary mm-hmm. and if it, it if it was necessary <laughs> was the way that they did yeah, it necessary i don't know uh, we're not gonna bash this movie the whole time because we actually we do we think See, it's a, is we, we think like it's a it. fun movie like we like the movie it's just compared to other Star Wars movies it's so like it's so difficult to watch despite being fun and that's the same as like Attack of the Clones was like there's so many great fun like mm-hmm. beats in Attack of the Clones and like uh, set pieces and sequences in attack of the clones but like despite how great all the pieces are for whatever reason it just is a drag to get through and that's the same with solo and it's like the kessel run scene is fun and like Mm -hmm. the sabak scenes and then like the train heist and um like the fight at the end in the dude's office yeah that is awesome (laughs) um but it's like for some reason, and maybe it's just because, like, when I saw it first, I was like, eh, it was kind of mediocre, and then I just haven't watched it since. I, like, haven't been able to get into it since. It's just like, uh, I don't well, know. Well, I feel like the, if I had one, like, overarching complaint is that they, they try, like, they try to do a bunch of different kind of themes but don't really do any of them fully like there are a couple lines that make you think like oh this is gonna be like a theme or a motif or a moment or something but then it's like not really a thing like um mm-hmm. or like not that they don't explore the theme but like the way like the theme the <laughs> well let me just give an example because <laughs> i feel like i may be losing some people so there at the beginning there um Han, Chewie and the the group of kind of these criminals they find are sitting around the fire and then um Chewbacca's like he says and then Han is like he says he's he like the Wookiees were captured and sold or something and he wants to find his 
I don't know if he said the word tribe or family. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Becky goes, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. And But, like, it's the way he says it makes you think there's going to be, like, some kind of, like, family theme. And then later on when Chewie finds Wookiees, he, like, talks to them for, like, a minute and then just walk, just kind of, like, gives them a hug and then leaves. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's kind of... And then that's all from that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're like, okay. And then they're like... I still, there's, like, this whole mysterious thing about Kira, and, like, you thought they were gonna, like, explore, um, like, just the dynamic between Kira and Dryden Voss, and they do, but, like, I still don't know, like, it doesn't really make sense to me, because, like, it seems like there's, like, this thing that happened, like, this big thing that happened, mm-hmm. and that's why Kira stays loyal to to Dryden Voss and Crimson Dawn, but, like, we don't know why. Like, we Uh never told... It seems like she was brainwashed, honestly, but, like, they never came out and said anything like that. So Mm -hmm. I think it's weird how, like, cold she is to Han, like, throughout the movie at some times. I'm like, that is weird. So, Mm -hmm. like, I just feel like... Like, if they were trying to tell any, like more transcendent story if they're trying to give a message or something i feel like it didn't come through yeah like there's definitely in like the sequel trilogy like the theme of the trilogy and then um especially like in the last jedi and in the rise of skywalker and i and force awakens too the theme is like what your identity is and so like watching those movies you can watch whether or not you're thinking about it someone who doesn't know their identity someone who knows their identity used to be on the side of the enemy but now they no longer Mm. agree with that and they've kind of escaped from the enemy and then someone whose identity is this legendary family of heroes but he feels Mm -hmm. like the pull of the dark side and he feels like he is well there's uh, many reasons why yeah ben solo turned into kylo ren but um like you can follow those themes whether or not you're consciously thinking like oh what does this scene say about identity yeah like but like in solo i feel like there wasn't like i feel like there wasn't a theme like obvious yeah to pick up on. or like there wasn't like one main thing like they yeah. they tried to do a couple smaller ones mm-hmm. and it just didn't really happen i feel like like there was also a weird a, just a weird little moment between like lando and l3's dynamic is really mm-hmm. weird in this movie because like it seems like they don't like each other and then, but, like, once L3 dies, Lando's, like, really shaking. He's yeah. like, oh. I was like, I don't get their relationship, I well, guess. I think it's, it's just, like, they're friends, but, like, they're always on each other's nerves, kind mm-hmm. of. I don't, I don't know. L3 isn't L3, my favorite droid. is always on my nerves, too, yeah. No. L3 isn't my favorite droid. And I don't hate her like some people mm-hmm. do. Like, some people think that l3 is just like the worst droid ever and all like all these reasons why like yeah she's annoying but that's like her character is someone mm-hmm. is a droid who's like 
more concerned that other droids don't realize that they're slaves, basically. And so it's like, she's always getting in the way of the human plan because she's more (laughs) concerned for the robots. And it's like, yeah, that's annoying, but that's like, her character is to be annoying. Yeah, so. You know what Like, I don't hate the character because she is who she is. You know what else I love about that? Is I, like, there, it's obviously, like, like a comparison to, like, um like kind of social change and social equality and stuff mm-hmm. but like it, the analogy doesn't match up perfectly with stuff in the real world because mm-hmm. like the humans don't even after like LT's like free the droids and stuff like after that like the humans still don't care about mm-hmm. the droids and we're just like mm. <laughs> like that was a weird thing to spend so much time talking well, yeah. about without like seeing any you, real <laughs> like if you remember in the original trilogy they go into the most Eisley cantina <laughs> And he's like, like, we don't serve their kind here. (laughs) And then, if you watch The Mandalorian, they kind of explain when they go back to Mos Eisley, like, droids run the cantina now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's weird that, like, this robot revolution started in Sobo. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, by the time The Mandalorian rolls around, they've kind of taken, not taken over, but... They've taken their own well, yeah, stock in the universe. Also, I feel like Mandalorian kind of brings up why people hate droids, and I think it is because of the Clone Wars, like, just, like, yeah. a serious loss in faith of mm-hmm. droids. And even even before that, droids are, like, yeah, like not quite human. Like, They're, like, cold. Yeah. Like, I would make the argument that C-3PO is a person, not, mm-hmm. like, just a computer program, whereas, like... Um, and that's, like, scary. I know. <laughs> like, Whereas something like a... Like the uh, the Phase 1 battle droids that were all controlled mm-hmm. by a central computer, those weren't really people. But, like, C-3PO, and even, like, R2-D2, even though he's not, like... He, not he's, like humanoid, he's not a humanoid, but, but, like, he's a... He's got a... He I has, like, personality like a and, person. like, thoughts. Like, he's a sentient being, despite being created out of... Metal. And we're not getting into a philosophical AI yeah. discussion, but, like, I would consider those characters to be people. And I think most of the... Well, not... I don't know about most, but, like, definitely Luke Skywalker and mm-hmm. all those people talk to them like they're actual people. And so it's interesting that, like... Like, the Clone Wars, and even before that, like, these droids are kind of close to being people but they're made by people mm-hmm. so they're like this weird thing where it's like well yeah why wouldn't there be like in a realistic universe there would be some people that would discriminate against yeah. droids and think of them as not human and some people that would yeah there are a couple weird lines about droids like in the entire saga like an attack of the clones I want, like when they're torn like the Genosian factory C three mm-hmm. like droid he's like droids making droids that's <laughs> disgusting or something yeah. and then I mean I feel like the best way to sum it up is like think of how many people get like irrationally mad at like their smart speakers mm-hmm. when like they're talking about something and then like later they see an ad for it and mm-hmm. people like get super paranoid about droids now imagine if your speaker like. like engaged in conversation with you and like got up and was walking Mm -hmm. around too like yeah and han solo is always yelling at c-3po in the original trilogy and so in this one it's like i think the relationship between lando and l3 is like yeah she gets on his nerves but at the end of the day there's still like she's still his first mate so Mm -hmm. he must care about her in some aspect i also feel like 
it's kind of L three is like yeah, she's annoying, but C three PO is also in the original uh, trilogy he was unbearably annoying too. Yeah. And that but it, they it was like a whole it was like a bit, you know, mm-hmm. because they're like, shut him, please, someone shut 3PO and up, the turn pre- him off. And then please. the prequels made him only do puns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this is such a drag. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so, but before like you go C-3PO. slandering L3, just yeah. think about, just remember it's other not that different annoying. from C-3PO. Yeah. Maybe, so. um, uh, but, yeah, there's a lot to love in the characters. Like, we talked last week or last episode, <laughs> Alden Ehrenreich's performance of Han Solo is great, and, like, even by not being bad, it would be great, but it mm-hmm. just is good. Like, I was watching him, I was like, you know, I genuinely like this guy. And then, I think Donald Glover is absolutely amazing as Lando. I mean, knowing his voice from, like, Community, yeah. like, you can definitely tell that he's trying to do the Billy D. Williams voice, and, like, trying to add that smoothness. Mm-hmm. And so that's, like, it's a little jarring watching it because you know he's doing a voice. But, um, like, for the most part, he's just, like, hilarious. Like, they uh, some, they do something with all of his capes, and he's like, oh, that's a custom piece. <laughs> <laughs> and just the fact that he has a closet yeah. full of capes. Like, <laughs> he's just so, he's really well done. And then uh, Beckett and Cat- Kira... Crown. The Cowboys both, Chronicles. Yes. <laughs> Chapter 5. <laughs> uh, Beckett and Kira, like, Beckett is kind of Solo's mentor, but he doesn't really want to be. And then Kira is, like, his love interest, but she's, like, kind of moved on from that love when she, by working for Dryden Voss. And then when she runs into Solo again, like, you can see some of that come back, mm-hmm. but then she ultimately sticks with her job. Well, kind of. She's like, because well, in the end she kills Dryden Voss, yeah, but then she Voss, also was but like, then she's like, someone else killed him, but I'm yeah. still working for the Black Sun, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's like, there are things to love in this movie, but for some reason that I, I just can't like, I just can't like come up with it, like, immediately, like, yeah. with thought I might be able to, but like. Just off the tip of my tongue, I can't, like, name why the movie doesn't always work for me. Another thing is, like, towards, like, right towards the beginning, we're introduced to, like, this motley crew of characters where we have, um, we have Beckett and his girlfriend or wife or whatever the situation is, and then we have that Ardenian guy, and, like, with Han and Chewbacca, like, you have this really great crew of characters, Mm -hmm. and then they just kill half of them right at the beginning and yeah. like like i'd really like to have seen more uh-huh. of them especially the the ardenian that yeah. john favreau voices because he's just like mm-hmm. he's just likable and, i you wonder know, he's cool. i wonder if he was like talking to lucasfilm like hey i want to make the mandalorian and like working on like mm-hmm. writing it and making the first season and they're like, hey, we have this random character in Solo. Do you want to just do the yeah, voice he was of just, it? Yeah, he was just Cause one of those in guys, the studio one Because an Ardenian appears in the prison episode. Uh, I think it's six of the Mandalorian. Like, in the pr- like mm-hmm. they're walking through, and you can see one of them looking out of his cell. And at first, I was like, that's the guy from Solo. Yeah. And, and then, then I was like, remember, wait a minute, oh, he got oh, shot oh, twice. Uh, yeah, or no. a lot of times. But yeah, I thought it was weird that they just 
Yeah, they introduce these characters, and, also, and they're two of the most interesting. Like, because she is kind of like and she's, Beckett's love interest. Yeah, she's interesting because we don't know anything about uh-huh. her, and we never and got then, to. And then the other guy is just <laughs> super funny, and then she explodes, and then he gets shot a bunch of times. And also, Beckett seems to be taking his lover's death very well, very quickly after... Uh-huh. The events in the movie. At first, he's like, oh, no. Like, he's like, no. And then at the end, when they kind of have a moment to breathe after their job went terribly wrong, he's just like, do you know how much money you just lost us? Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. I was yeah. like, two, two people have died. Uh-huh. Um, one character that I've heard, like, on the internet as, like, a fan favorite that I never understood was Enfys Nest. And I think part of that is because... She's such... Like, Star Wars is the only franchise where, like, the background characters get just as much fan love as the main characters. Mm -hmm. Like, no one watches, say, uh, Endgame, or Infinity War, and is like, yo, Ebony Maw, yo, (laughs) great character. But people will see IG-88 in uh, Episode 5, who's just standing there in one scene, and they'll be like, yo... IG-88 is so... He's my favorite bounty hunter. He's so cool. Like, all of the bounty hunters just in that one scene have, like, a cult following. Yeah. (laughs) It's, like, it's It's so so interesting that, like, so many background characters in Star Wars get these, like, fan followings. And so Emphis Nest is one of those that I've seen. And I guess I didn't realize that she was in the movie as much as she was. Like, I forgot that she was the one that, like, robs them while they're robbing the train of the mm-hmm. Coaxium. Like, I only remembered her showing up at the end, and then I didn't even remember what she did at the end. Like, I only... Yeah. Like, I only remembered her, like, as the girl in the helmet who shows up to, like, do something. And then watching <laughs> it this time, I'm like, oh, shoot, she's kind of like the start of the... Re- not the start of the rebellion, but because, like, in the canon, there's a bunch of different rebellions that kind of all eventually join together as the rebellion. So she's kind of this version of a rebellion. And, like, you don't really... Like, at first you think she's, like, the villain hunting them down, or a villain hunting them down. And then she's like, no, the Empire is terrible. We're just trying to take the fuel and get it... Or the syndicates, Mm -hmm. and we're trying to get it out of their hands. And so it's like, oh, okay, I kind of see the appeal more. Like, she's not just a background character. Like, there's more to her. And I would like to see her return. I don't I don't know if she has in a comic book. I don't think she has in a book either. Um, but, like, definitely if Solo 2 is happening, yeah, she, she should get here's my something. Or even, like, if she's a rebellion, like in the Cassian Andor show... If his missions are to run around to all these different rebel cells that are popping up, like, and he runs into Enfys Nest and her biker gang for mm-hmm. an episode. I don't know. I think she she was cooler than I remembered by, by little, far. I remember the first time I watched it, like, 
like there's it's just a really cool confrontation that's like a western theme mm-hmm. and then han is just being funny and he's like bluff and he's like we got 30 hard guns on the ship all i have to do is give him the signal and then whatever and then it all culminates immediately you, you think shots are about to go down and then she just takes off her helmet and reveals it's a girl and it's a, you can tell like in terms of just like plot like that moment's supposed to be like a <gasps> but i was just like I don't know who, like, I yeah. don't know who that is. What, yeah. what different, that moment, like, I don't get what that's supposed that to mean. That moment is weird, because I'm like, I feel like in 2018, when this movie came out, saying, oh, this character is actually a female, isn't, <laughs> yeah, like, that's like, not shocking. Yeah, see, like, there's think a- of the, sand, like, the Metroid games, um... And, like, I wasn't involved in, like, these games or, like, mm-hmm. when they were releasing. But I know that, like, Samus, the main character of that, is just, like, a suit of armor, basically. And then eventually they revealed that it's a girl. And people were like, whoa. Because there wasn't, like, a character like mm-hmm. that yet. But now, like, we have Phasma. And, yeah. um, like, Star Wars has always had strong female characters. Like, Leia, Padme, mm-hmm. um, and then, like obviously ray fa- uh yeah phasma <laughs> now there's kind of zori bliss who's kind of like an enfys nest ish character to me like this mysterious woman in this helmet that definitely has a story that should be told yeah. but like is just a secondary character and so like revealing her as a woman i was like this seems like in 2018 it wouldn't be that big a deal that it's a woman especially yeah. in star wars but then I was like, well, maybe they're like, I bet you weren't expecting this young girl. <laughs> like, I, I didn't <laughs> like, get either. Okay. Like, it is, it is strange that it's, she's such a young woman that's this, like, nefarious pirate or yeah, mar- like she, marauder. She has such a reputation. <laughs> yeah, I, I was think, like, I don't know. I think maybe that's how they intend you to read it. As like, oh, she's this young woman that you probably were weren't expecting and she well sorry i was <laughs> yeah, i was hiccuping and uh like even the characters it cuts from her face after that reveal to like beckett and they're just like they don't really have a reaction so it's like even the characters they're in the movie like, aren't yeah, like and. okay <laughs> yeah so it is a weird moment but i wonder if like, they're intending you to read something that just isn't coming across. Yeah, and here's the thing. The difference with Phasma and, um... Enfys Nest is that Enfys Nest actually does cool stuff. No, no, the difference <laughs> is, although they may be wearing armor, like, their voices are obviously female, but mm-hmm. there's this whole trope where there's, like, someone with a mask or an armor, and then their, like, voice is, like, very audibly and clearly distorted... To so that just to, you, just to build up to a reveal where they're like, oh, just psych, I'm a yeah. girl. And it's never... Re- See, the thing mm-hmm. is, I'm going to plug a movie. The thing is, in Sky High, for example, <laughs> oh this God. happens where the main villain, uh, we see her in a mask and then her voice is distorted and it's all dark and then in the reveal afterwards it is like a bruh moment because but that's because she's an actual character that you thought was good so that is different but this emphasis nest she's like not a character yeah so it takes it off and we're like okay 
It's a yeah, girl. Well, I wonder. And we still don't know who I she wonder, is. I wonder, because this movie was supposed to be directed by uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, and then something happened like in the middle of the production, yeah. and they got fired or quit or something, and then they Disney brought in Ron Howard, who's like a good friend of George Lucas's. He was in American Graffiti, one of George Lucas's first movies that's like... We watched it in film history class, so it's like a reputable, like movie, um, and so obviously like there's that connection there. And Ron Howard is Ron Howard from Ron Arrested ha- Development. Yes, that one, <laughs> and he also like directs movies, obviously, and like good movies, um, and so they brought him in. And what they did was they ended up have like reshooting half the movie, if not more than that. So I wonder if, like, the Phil Lord and Chris Miller version of the movie would have Enfys Nest appear without her helmet. And then when they reveal, it's like, oh, you're that girl that helped us at whatever or something. Yeah. But, like, I wonder if the change from those director's stories... Because I I don't remember if there were script changes. There might have been. I don't remember reading, like, exactly what the changes were. But, like, if there were story changes, maybe they, that original version, that isn't the real version. Because I think a lot of people sometimes will say, like, like the Snyder Cut, for example, they'll be like, oh, that's the real movie. And I'm like, well, that's not the one that released in theaters, and that's not the one that was ever finished. Yeah. So that's not the real movie. That's just what you want to be the yeah. real movie because you didn't like the real movie as much as you Interestingly wanted Interestingly enough, I think they just announced that that is coming to HBO Max, the Snyder yeah, Cut. And, and people are finally going to shut up about it and realize that it's not going to be much better at all. Yeah, because it's going to be just, unfinished. Yeah, and like, like not... <laughs> like, it's not going to be this masterpiece that you think it is. And so I wonder if something like that happened with the Lord and Miller Cut where their story was slightly changed so that these moments kind of fell yeah. flat because Ron Howard wasn't doing the same exact thing. Yeah, because, like, a change in, in directorship cannot fix necessarily a bad movie. Like, if the script is determined mm-hmm. and a lot of it's already shot, like Justice League, it can't fix a bad uh-huh. movie, um, like, in its entirety. It can't carry an entire film, but, like like we said just these weird little themes that just don't seem to really be coming through mm-hmm. or like literal like smaller stuff that could maybe just make the movie like incrementally better it, it could be affected by mm-hmm. something like this so there might just be some something that was lost mm-hmm. in translation there yeah and it's not to say that lord and miller or ron howard is good are bad, better than yeah. the others or good or bad or anything like that because they both have great track records when it comes to making movies but like i do think that this movie's marketing and production were troubled and the fact that they moved this to may or march one of those rather than december i think also really wasn't to the movie's credit because Mm -hmm. Like, we had Force Awakens in the December 2015, and then Rogue One December 2016 as, like, a filler until The Last Jedi in December 2017, which was the most controversial Star Wars movie ever, and probably still is. I don't know, Rise of Skywalker might be up there. Those two are definitely the two most controversial, but 
like a lot of fans felt betrayed by Disney and Star Wars. I don't get that, <laughs> but I know some people felt that way. And so then saying, oh, well, in five months, we'll give you the next one. And it's Han Solo's origin story, which is something that most people, I think, were like, yeah, I could do without that. So it was like you already it was like you were releasing a movie that people didn't really want to people that weren't really happy with you. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like it was kind of doomed just because of releasing it so soon. If they had waited until December, I think it would have been received better especially because it came right in the middle of like blockbuster season and so people were like oh it's just another one instead of like oh this is the next star wars movie and then it also made like the wait from may 2018 to december 2019 feel like forever since we'd gotten anything star wars and so it was definitely like a a weird and probably negative decision to do that um but yeah, like there's it was definitely a troubled production. So like I can understand why the movie has things in it that aren't necessarily the best or as fleshed out as they should be. Um I'm also very curious why besides just to have like a factor of like fan service. Darth Maul was in it. <laughs> Because, like, I think most Star Wars fans that would have gone to the movie to see Solo didn't know that Darth Maul was alive. Or didn't know who Darth Maul was. Because I feel like most people... Yeah, I feel like most people were either, like, they only remember Darth Maul when they watch Phantom Menace because he's not really in that movie that much and he's not important to any other movie. And they haven't watched The Clone Wars, where Darth Maul is obviously resurrected. And I think... I think all of Rebels had come out at that point. Or maybe it ended that year. I don't really remember when Rebels ended, because I didn't watch it until it was all out. But, um... Like, I feel like a lot of people were like... What? Huh? (laughs) People were like, wait a minute, didn't he die in one of the movies? Or people were like, who is that? But, like, Darth Maul's in it, and it makes sense. And the last season of Clone Wars had an episode or two that kind of showed him working with his syndicate. And you can even see Dryden Voss in one of those episodes mm-hmm. uh, where he's talking to his, like, syndicate underlings, and Dryden Voss being one of them as the leader of the Crimson Dawn. And so, like... It was definitely a thing for, like, the invested fans. Like, they would get it. But most people, I don't think, would get it. And why would they bring him in if they weren't planning to use that to lead into something? Like, it definitely felt like a Marvel after credit scene. Even <laughs> yeah. though it wasn't. Yeah, that's actually... Like, it's, like, how Marvel, like, it's so stereotypical for Marvel's after credit scenes to be, like these short little things, and then at the end it's like, hey, you devoted fans, you remember this character from the books? And then they'll just, like, introduce, like, Thanos at the end of Avengers 1, or um, at the end of Avengers 2, (laughs) where he, (laughs) 
Or like, Thanos in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> or... they introduce these characters in these after-credit scenes, and it's like, oh, just wait till the next one when this guy gets involved. And that's what it felt like in this, but then it also felt like there was never a plan, or there wasn't a plan to make a Solo mm-hmm. 2, until the fans were like, hey, we wouldn't actually mind a Solo 2. They're like, oh, really? And it's like, uh, Darth Maul definitely doesn't need to be there. I think the devoted fans would get it just like a reference to, like, the... Like, they could even say, like, the Iridonian or whatever. Or something like that, because that's his mm-hmm. race, his alien species. Like, diehard fans would get it, and then most, like, most fans would just skim past a line like that. But, like, seeing that character, they're like, who's that, or isn't he dead? <laughs> so... It was a weird decision. Like, I don't mind it if they're going to bring him back in Solo 2, but it's like, huh. Wasn't expecting that. I also that. Find it, found it weird that he was just, like, I didn't realize, I guess, how high Kira was up on the ladder, I guess, because he was like, Kira, come to me on Dathomir. We're going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. First of all, I thought it was weird that he, like, set up shop in Dathomir or something. Like, it just seems, like, so hostile of an environment. Like, well, and not... why would he go back there after his, like, yeah. history there? Yeah. And But also, I guess I just don't understand the whole crime world system anyways because i was very confused as to like which organization was crimson dawn Mm -hmm. black sun or like yeah um like there's the clone wars episodes in season five where he and savage press and pre vizsla like go to all the syndicates right like they go to the pikes i think or the other ones that i can't remember the name and then they go to like jabba's palace but jabba like Mm -hmm. doesn't join them and so the syndicate that... So Black Sun is Darth Maul's criminal empire, basically. And the syndicates are the Pike Syndicate, which is, like, their own little gang. Yeah, and then, like, the Crimson Dawn is its own gang. And then whatever the other one is. Yeah. And then, like, there's the Hut cartels, which are, like, all the Hut families. It's, like, the Godfather family, but it's all Huts. <laughs> Uh, make that a movie. Make a Godfather <laughs> ripoff of Huts, the worst the Hut. Star Wars movie. Um, but Jabba, yeah, a Star like, Wars story. Yeah, I feel like this movie tells you a whole lot about ships and ship fuel <laughs> and crime in Star Wars, which are two things that I don't think really needed to be explained all that much. Because mm-hmm. like. A starship doesn't need to... You don't need to know why a starship works. You just need a starship to work. Or not work. Um, but yeah, like, it it definitely takes weird decisions. But, you know, what can you do? <laughs> I also remember thinking, the first time I watched it, I thought Crimson Dawn was just, like, Darth Maul's codename or something. Oh. Like... Well, I yeah, because I spoiled it yeah, for cause you. Yeah, because he spoiled the Darth Maul kind of reveal for me. So it. when they said Crimson Dawn, I was like, oh, well, Darth Maul's red, mm-hmm. crimson. I, and then, I don't know, I just deluded myself into thinking like, <laughs> that that was what that was. So yeah. I think that mostly aided mm-hmm. my confusion. But I think this past rewatch, I, I said it all straight in my mind. I think I got it. Yeah. I think the strength of this movie is... 
like its main cast. Obviously, Han Solo, Lando, Kira, Beckett, um, even Chewbacca, because like just any any actor that can play Chewbacca and get (laughs) and get emotion across, like they're not saying anything and they're just in a suit, just moving. (laughs) So that's always impressive. So I think the strength of this movie is. It's charm because it's a lot more of like a like charming yeah adventure than it's, like most Star Wars and it's cast of characters I think yeah I'd say I was thinking if I had compare this to like a Marvel movie I was like this movie's like Ant Man and the Wasp kinda where like mm. it's not like the greatest movie but it's also like just kind of. Like, it's not bad either. Yeah. But it's, like, also so low stakes that it, like, f- like doesn't really fit yeah. with the other ones. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just like that. Like, this is definitely the oddball. It's not terrible. Yeah. It's not I amazing. Wouldn't, I wouldn't relate it to Ant-Man and the Wasp as much just because I thought Ant-Man and the Wasp wasn't... Like, huh, at least, like, Solo does different things. And I think Ant-Man and the Wasp was just like the same as ant-man one but they were like oh but we're gonna time travel mm, in yeah. this one so it was but like, it was a macguffin story land yeah it was like <laughs> i don't know so yeah. i would i would more compare it to like guardians 2 which is also yeah. very similar to like guardians of the galaxy one i think is like maybe marvel's like second best movie after winter mm-hmm. soldier and that's because it's so unique. And then, like, Guardians 2, like, it switches it up. Like, it switches up, like, rather than them kind of forming together to stop some, like, body. They're just, like, already together. Like, it's it's a different vibe, even though it's, like, there's yeah. al- elements that are similar. And so that's what I get from Han Solo. It's, like, it's a different vibe than Star Wars normally gives us. But there's a lot of familiar elements into it. And I think Guardians 2 isn't... It's not that bad. Like, it's one of those middling mm-hmm. movies, like, I think Solo is, where it's like, it's not bad, but it's like, eh, I wouldn't, like, go to this over yeah. any other Star Wars movie. I mean, maybe, like, Attack of the Clones or something. <laughs> but it's like... And Guardians 2 also was like, yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't, like nearly as good as it could have been though mm-hmm. so I, that's that's kind of the vibe that i get from solo but like ant-man and the wasp i'm like that wasn't good and i guess it wasn't bad but it wasn't good either yeah so i have to go on a weird marvel tirade but <laughs> yeah i mean that's just a thought that occurred to me while mm-hmm. watching it so i figured i'd I, but i mean yeah you might like ant-man and the wasp more than me and that's why I don't I wouldn't relate it to Solo but mm-hmm. yeah. um, I definitely think like if Disney is trying to because well because they pushed like they just announced that they were pushing a few of their announced dates backwards and we'll talk about this probably more on Thursday's episode um but like if they if they need content to put out and they have Mandalorian and they have Kenobi and they have Cassie and Andor and if they can get those all out 
like, I don't know if that's going to be enough. Because, like, if they're planning on having a movie in... They were planning on having a movie in 2022. So if they're not, like, I feel like a Solo 2, even if it's another Disney Plus show, and then at that point they have four Disney Plus shows going, Mm -hmm. that is if they can even get the other two out by 2022. Um, Like, would four Disney Plus shows be too much? Or, like, do they need... A movie to come out to like it's like if everything is on Disney Plus and there's like one show per quarter of the year and so there would be like um well even like they're having Bad Batch so it feels like yeah there's so much coming out on Disney Plus that's announced and then like they're pushing their movies back so like I feel like they could make a solo too but also it feels like maybe that would be too much going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I want a solo too because I feel like there's a lot of potential here, but I don't think a movie was the right mechanism to tell this story. Like if they had a show called The Adventures of Han Solo, and then they hit all the things in this movie, for like did individual adventures rather than it's just one yeah. thing that happens. Like I feel like that would have been a better solo than this movie was. And that's not to say the movie is terrible because we like the movie, even if it's one of the lower. Yeah, like we like all the Star Wars movies, but you know, I mean, you have to compare it against itself. Like I will rewatch every Star Wars movie, and I can't. I mean, we are rewatching every Star Wars movie. (laughs) Um, but it's like I feel like this didn't need to be a movie. It should have been something different. I don't know. I guess that's my kind of final mm-hmm. thoughts on it is it's it has great parts and it has a great cast and it has a great vibe to it but there's something about it that doesn't all like it's n- it's just not engaging. Yeah. I don't know. That's my I give it a 6. <laughs> we haven't done that for any No other. reference. No nothing. <laughs> um 6 out of what? I don't know. It gets a 6. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if you, like, I feel like most people have probably only seen Solo once, and now that they just added it to Disney+, Plus, I think this was my fourth time watching it. It should be easier for people to go back and rewatch it, and like, give it another shot, because, like, even if, like, I know somebody who was there on the opening night with me, not with me, but they were there on the same opening night, same theater, and they were like, there was very little about that movie to hate. Or, like, something along those lines. And I was like, really? Because <laughs> I came out of it like, yeah, yeah. That, was, mm-hmm. that was a Star Wars movie. And they were like, there was, like, that was really good. Like, that was way better than it should have been. And I could agree with that to an extent, but I was like, I don't, eh, I just, eh. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I feel like some people immediately were on the love, like, hype train for it. But I feel like if people go back and watch it, I think definitely more people will be like, oh, okay, I kind of see the appeal of this. It's like a fun adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that's all I have for Solo. Um, It felt like we were very... 
Like, I feel like all the other ones we were like, oh, man, this this part was so great. But this yeah, one, it was like, like, yeah, there's great parts, but let's talk about the stuff that just wasn't very... It was It was just weird. Yeah, because... So, I mean, I, I just feel like that's... I feel like the good parts of this movie are evident, whereas the really good moments in the prequels yeah. weren't evident. I feel like coming from the prequels, like, I feel like... It's more common to just say, "Oh, the prequels are bad." So I feel like we were just yeah, like, we were like we were trying like, to point out just the better like things. playing devil's advocate. It was yeah. like, "Yeah, it's bad, but here are the good things." And mm. now for a movie that's you know widely considered just to be Middle? like average, we're like, "Let's talk about well, why it's average." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, it's not it's not average because it's bad and it does some things great. It's mm-hmm. average because it's good, but it just does some things wrong. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, that's about it for our solo rewatch. Um, you can find this podcast, um, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, and probably a handful of others that I <laughs> have never heard of. of. Yeah. <laughs> um, make sure you give us a rating, uh, hopefully five stars on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Uh, follow us, uh, share the podcast with people who love Star Wars or would just love a discussion about Star Wars, even if it's not their, their particular favorite yeah. thing. Um, I mean, I don't recommend it for people who've never seen Star Wars because yeah. we kind of go in, but... Yeah, we're um, here to overthink it so you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, share it with yeah. people that you think might like it. Um if you have any questions, make sure you can comment or DM wherever you can find us. Instagram, to Twitter, possibly Facebook. get it featured in a future episode. Yep. Um, look out for next Thursday where we're going to do our uh, normal weekly episode that we just created the new format <laughs> for last week. And then next Sunday, I believe it's Rogue One that's next up. So uh, look forward to that one. I'm excited to rewatch that one because I... Yeah. I feel like the last time I rewatched it, I turned it on and then got, like, I think I had to cook or something, and then, <laughs> like, I went into the kitchen and just complete or someone came over, or we had dinner, and then, like, I came back to the movie, and it was just over. <laughs> so, so, yeah, uh, that was that. Um, but, yeah, this is... Uh, This has been Lando's Lounge. Late night edition. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, we'll see you Thursday. The intro music is Star Wars Cantina Band, Closed on Sunday, Lo-Fi Remix. This podcast is for entertainment only. We are not affiliated with or own Star Wars, Lucasfilm, or any of the names, films, characters, books, or television shows. All copyrights and trademarks are not ours, but are owned by their respective copyright and trademark holders. Again, this podcast is for entertainment only.